everyone, it's Bambi and welcome to this week in which I'm bringing you five special episodes of the podcast. Over the last few weeks, the focus of the episodes have been based around the theme of taking time to reflect on our experiences and remembering to express gratitude for all that we have been blessed with. What you will hear over the next five episodes are highlights of the amazing conversations with the fantastic people I was so honoured to have as my guests on the show this year. They all, in their very unique ways, helped me reflect and I am so thankful that I have had the opportunity to use this platform to inspire and encourage all of you who listen every week. So this week, the She Is A VIP podcast is dedicated with special thanks and season's greetings to my guests and listeners. May you all, no matter your level of physical sight, expand and extend your vision in 2022 and live more of a life that is not defined by your limitations. Merry Christmas. Today, there's a bit of a theme around health and fitness and how important it is that we pay attention to the strength of our bodies and our minds if we are going to be able to live well with sight loss. CrossFit coach Steph Klish helped us understand that when it comes to facing our fears and working to overcome the barriers, everyone, disabled or not, is on that journey in some way. So no, I haven't coached anyone with a visual impairment before Mm -hmm. um and in all honesty um it has been no different from any other person like everyone has different kind of aspects that you need to coach them with a bit more Mm -hmm. some people aren't very mobile in Mm -hmm. in crossfit that's mm-hmm. almost a disability, you know, because you, you struggle to do some of the movements and so yeah, you need more yeah. coaching. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's always extra attention you pay to each individual, mm-hmm. depending on who they are as a person and how fit mm-hmm. they are and how mobile and, and all of and all of those sorts of things. So in that regard, there's there's literally been no difference between yeah. when you came through um, and and you were with a, a you know, it wasn't just you who who came to that session. I don't think, and you were literally, you, you did exactly the same things that the rest of the group did. And it was, for me, there was no difference. I can't even quite remember whether you, like, when you actually told me, uh-huh. um, for me to kind of properly understand sort of w- w- what your situation was. So, mm-hmm. um, but I certainly remember not not treating like basically every, everyone was did the same thing it, it wasn't yeah. um yeah it, it there was no difference really I, d- I don't know whether you found the same or I did well I did uh, yeah I did find the same I mean I just a lot of the time and because my uh my disability is hidden in in a sense in that you know no cane no dog no none of the usual things that you would associate with a with a visual impairment I think I try a lot to, I probably try to mask it more than I should, you know, especially in an, in a new situation. And I know there'll be some people listening who will do the same and think, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I can just, I can get this far. So, and I don't need to tell anyone about it, but actually for health and safety reasons, I suppose it's a, it's a good thing that you're, that you're aware that, you know, yeah. that may, 
maybe certain things that I can't that I won't be able to see um yeah I generally get on okay okay in the gym but it's you know it, it is an important it is important to to tell people and as I get as I get older and as I get more a little bit more wise I think yeah actually maybe you should just should just tell tell someone um but what but what you're saying really is that dis- disabled or not actually making that first step to come in or to try something new you know in terms of fitness is is the key and finding yeah. a community that you can that you can gel with and that you can work with and that it will you know that's really that that's really important yeah and that that word community is is probably the biggest thing there and I think mm-hmm. that's that's one of the and I know this isn't this isn't a CrossFit promotion or anything like that but I think that that, that's um that's a big uh plus to Mm -hmm. somewhere like a CrossFit gym because Mm -hmm. at the heart of that is the community um and it gets people from that position of fear scared to walk through the door Mm. um to actually meeting new people Mm -hmm. turning it into a bit of a social thing yeah um you get to have a laugh we all have a laugh. I mean, every time you're down, we're all having a laugh, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> usually, at, usually at the silly things that I've, I've said or that I've misread or something. But yeah, we're yeah. all laughing. Um, and uh, yeah, and that that community kind of almost, no matter where you've what your background is and from where yeah. you're coming from, it's yeah. it's it really helps with that. Um, yeah. CrossFit's all about community. Um, you know so I think that style of of fitness really really benefits um, benefits some people where they maybe do have that that fear and um, yeah it helps create like those bonds that, that keep you coming back. Through her yoga podcast that has been especially designed for the blind and visually impaired community Hannah has gone one step further towards making fitness accessible to a wider group of people. As well as talking about yoga, Hannah gave an insight into her experience of watching her father as he began to lose his sight. I just want to go back to what you said about when your dad was diagnosed and that was about 15 years ago and his, um, well, the journey from diagnosis because that's something that I, I'm, you know, that I'm thinking about, and that I, that I think about a lot. My, from my, my journey from diagnosis to actually trying to figure out, okay, which, what do I do now? Mm. How does, how did that? Um, I suppose, yeah. What did you? How did you see that affect your, your dad? But also you, as someone who, you know, would provide some level of care to your dad, I suppose, you know, to, and support to him. Mm. What did that journey look like? Ooh, that's that's a good question. Um, I would say it is really, you know, when you're looking at the the five stages of grief, you can mm-hmm. definitely see it there. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think if you're coming, if you're not born with a disability, mm-hmm. I think there is something about um, a sense of loss of mm-hmm. some form or shape, mm-hmm. or maybe something of coming to terms with that things are changing mm-hmm. um, or that maybe you have to adapt the way that you were doing things in a specific way. Um, and 
So I think there was, there was definitely from an observer point of view, there was definitely a, a curve. Like there was, um, there was a lot of initially sort of like things are slightly changing a little bit, I think, and not quite realizing things are changing or noticing that certain things are not that easy anymore, but not really admitting it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the then actual getting a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, that is already a journey in itself, you know, mm-hmm. to admitting, okay, something is here yeah. that's different and I need to go to see someone about it. Mm-hmm. To admit that is a big step. Yeah. Um, and it was quite challenging for him, I believe. Um, we never really talked about it, um, but from what I observed, um, I could see that there was a very active, very outgoing man who has a lot of hobbies that were very dependent on his vision initially, um, just sort of like that chipping away at him. So he became like, there was a phase where it definitely was very, very difficult for him. And it was a bit of a shell of the person, I would say. Um, But luckily, I have to say, my dad is incredibly resilient. Mm -hmm. And I'd say there were a few rough years. And sure, there's still rough patches because it's still, you know, there's still a decline in in the symptoms or like they're picking up. Um, But it was very beautiful to see at one point when he was like, okay, so now what am I going to do with this? So like... I can see sit here and wallow and be upset about it, Mm -hmm. but what's that going to do? Like, so he, you know, he became a little bit more open about the challenges that he had. He became a little bit more open about asking for help if he needed to. Um, He's very independent. Again, there was a time where he, I thought, I think he didn't feel like he could be that independent, but he's actually really independent Mm -hmm. nowadays. and really made it work. And I think for me as a daughter, it was, it was tricky because there were like certain things in, during the time of the diagnosis, I remember when it was sort of like getting quite tricky, I had a big performance for my, my final year in university. And, um, I was really worried whether he could actually come and see it. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, I, I want him to see this. You want your dad to come and see, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and he was there and there's like a, a, there's a little lovely anecdote about that particular performance because it was, it was like, I have a degree, a master's degree in choreography and performance and I did a solo and it was a very mm-hmm. vulnerable solo. Yeah. Um, and um, usually in theatres you don't film, right? Mm-hmm. You sit in the black box and you don't film. Yeah, yeah. And I remember performing thinking, is that dude filming this thing this is so annoying like we've said it before um and then later on i realized it was my dad using the retina ipad because he could actually see through the retina ipad a lot better than in real life yeah Yeah. oh yeah (laughs) that makes sense um And now, nowadays, you know, like there's things where we can joke a little bit more about it. I still wave at him when I see him at the street, Yeah, you know, it's like, there's certain things that just don't change. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, of course you can't see this. Or yeah. I would say like, look there. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. can't see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we've gotten to a point now where, where we can 
joke about it or making light of it a little bit um always in a respectful manner of course yeah, yeah. Um, but this is also the kind of way of how we deal with things is to kind yeah. of like in order to take a little bit the edge of yeah, like yeah. In, in the show notes you can find the links to the full episodes that have been featured in today's episode and if you or someone you know is visually impaired and would like more support you can use the links to request a free discovery call where we can have a chat about how I might be able to help you further through an individual coaching package. Thanks so much for continuing to listen and support the podcast. If you haven't done so already, please leave a review as this helps others find the show more easily and share the podcast with someone you know who would benefit from this content. I'll be back tomorrow with the next episode until then, remember that your status as a VIP means more than simply being known as a visually impaired person. You are a very important person who holds a very important place in the world and you have a very important purpose to fulfil.